Lift up the trumpet and loud let it ring, Jesus is coming again. Cheer up, you pilgrims, be joyful and sing, Jesus is coming again. This is the voice of prophecy, a voice crying in the wilderness of these modern days. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Coming again, coming again, Jesus is coming again. From our Voice of Prophecy studios in Los Angeles, California, we welcome you to this half hour of inspiration and music with the King's Heralds, Del Delker, Brad Braley, and H.M.S. Richards, voice of prophecy speaker. We open this broadcast with a song of happiness. My sins are gone. You ask why I am happy, so I'll just tell you why. Because, because my sins are gone. And when, when I meet I the scoffers who ask me where they are, I say, I say my sins are gone. There underneath the blood on the cross of Calvary As far removed as darkness is from dawn In the sea of God's forgetfulness that's good enough for me Praise God, my sins are gone I'm leaving now for Jesus, I'm happy night and day because my sins are gone My soul is filled with music With all my heart I say I know, I know my sins are gone There underneath the blood On the cross of Calvary As far removed as darkness is from dawn In the sea of God's forgetfulness That's good enough for me Praise God, my sins are gone. Our Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for all Thy mercies and Thy blessings, the riches of heaven poured out to men. We thank Thee for life, for salvation, for Jesus Christ. Bless the broadcast today to every listener. In His name we ask it. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God. Where sin cannot molest Near to the heart of God O Jesus, blessed Redeemer Sent from the heart of God Hold us who bow before Thee Near to the heart 
of God. and Miss Del Delker join their voices now in a song by Herbert Work, inspired by the words of Jesus when he said, I am the good shepherd. Serene 
Now is H.M.S. Richards, the voice of prophecy speaker. His subject, I am a multimillionaire. Not long ago, one of my dear friends of many years died. He lived a happy, useful Christian life. He was not much short of a hundred years when he fell asleep in Christ. A medical doctor, also a minister of the gospel, he'd given his life freely in service to others. When he was more than 80 years old, he made a survey of his life and took inventory. He said that he found, to his amazement, that he should be listed among America's multimillionaires. One day he overheard a patient in conversation with a newcomer at the hospital. As they talked in the lobby, the patient said, That's Dr. Cress. He's a millionaire. My doctor friend was amused at the statement because he really was a poor man, financially speaking. At that very time, he had a $3,000 mortgage on his home and less than $48 in the bank. But as he thought about things, he realized that, after all, he was a millionaire. In brief, here is his inventory. He had a degree of health that he never expected to possess, for at the age of 40 he had read his own obituary. It was headed, The Voice We Once Heard We Shall Hear No More. He said it was a delightful account of all the good he had accomplished, and it deplored the fact that one so promising should be laid to rest so early in life. The writer closed by saying, this world can ill afford to lose men like Dr. Cress. Not many of us get to read our own obituaries, but he did. Cable messages, telegrams, scores of letters of condolence came to his wife, all of which he had the privilege of reading. It was a real surprise to him to learn what a fine man he was. Up to this point, he had not taken care of his health as he should have. Next to character, health is the greatest, most valuable possession a man can have. Someone has said, in order to live to a ripe old age, it's necessary to be rejected by a first-class life insurance company and then take care of yourself. 
The doctor said that he had to have a real jolt in order to really appreciate his health and look after it. What would he take for the health he'd accumulated in those years? Suppose some invalid had said, Doctor, I'll give you a million dollars for your health. Well, there are many invalids who are millionaires who would be glad to make such an exchange. The doctor said he would have turned down the offer without giving it a second thought. He'd say, I'm sorry, my health's too valuable to sell for a million dollars. Who of us would sell our health for a million dollars and then be an invalid the rest of our days? Surely no one. But health was only one of his possessions. He had a wife. The report of his inventory says that he would not dwell upon her virtues except to say that she stood by his side faithfully for over 50 years, nursed him back to health when he was at the point of death, and regarded it as a hopeless case. What would he take in exchange for his wife? A million dollars? No. Two, three, four, five, six, ten million? No, indeed. Right there, he made the discovery he was not only a millionaire, but a multimillionaire. Anyone who has a faithful and loving wife is indeed a multimillionaire, no matter what his wages may be, or how little money he has in the bank. But that was not all he possessed. The doctor had a son who had been handicapped from infancy. He had a misfortune when a mere baby to fall from his high chair, receive a head injury which resulted in a partial paralysis of one side of his body. He could not run errands and uh, do other things as he would like to have done. But he could do small things around the house, and he prayed a lot for his father. The doctor said, would I turn down a million dollars if offered it for that boy? Twice that amount would not tempt me. That brings the valuation of my possessions to over ten million. But I had another priceless possession, he said, a daughter worth several millions. He went on and described her and her work. And aside from all this, said the good doctor, I have an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for me. First Peter 1, 4. A mansion is being prepared for me there by my Lord, and through his grace and providence he's preparing me also to take possession of it as my future inheritance. I'm a son of the king of the universe. My father is rich in houses and lands. He holdeth the wealth of the world in his hands. I'm a child of a king. With Jesus my Savior, I'm a child of a king. Is it not written in the book that we are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ? Romans 8:17. I agree with the good doctor that his inventory is right, that he was indeed not only a millionaire but a multimillionaire. And I have made an inventory much like his of my own life. And I am surprised to see how rich I am, not how money rich, but riches of health and love and friendship and of service for Christ. The doctor said, I am a rich, poor man. Doesn't the scripture say something like that? In James 2, 5, Hath not God chosen the poor of this world rich in faith, and heirs of the kingdom which he hath promised to them that love him? Yes, it's possible to be a rich, poor man. While many a man reckoned as a millionaire in this world is really a poor, rich man. But when one comes to the close of his life, he must leave all his temporal possessions, all of his money, everything is accumulated. He must leave it all behind him. Then comes the question, what shall it profit a man if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Mark 8:36. The scripture says we brought nothing into this world and it's certain we can carry nothing out. 1 Timothy 6, 7. In that day the real millionaires will be revealed for first things will be first in God's sight. We must seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto us. Matthew 6:33. Dr. Crest tells us it was once his painful duty to inform a millionaire patient that his condition 
was hopeless. This man turned to the physician and said he'd come from the country of Ireland when he was a mere boy, struggled along, working day and night, finally acquired great wealth at the sacrifice of his health. He wore himself out to be rich. Now he saw his folly. He looked up sadly and said, Doctor, I've been a fool. Money? I hate this stuff. I'm no better off than a tramp. I can't eat any more than he can. can't wear any more clothing. Of what good is my wealth? So it may be with other things. We may have the latest and best of all the modern gadgets of our scientific age. But unless we have the one thing needful, a faith which lays hold in eternal life, unless we have true friendship, love in the home, a place in the service of God, we're poor. What sort of choice are we making every day? Are we rich or are we poor? I looked over my own life somewhat as the doctor did. I found that God has given me health, and oh, how much I appreciate it after knowing what it is to be ill. Every new day that God gives is like a new world to me. Every time I preach a sermon over the radio or anywhere else, I consider it another gift from God, the privilege of being in His service. Every day of good health and work, how precious. Each day is worth a million. Then as I look along the column of my credits, I find a good wife, a loving wife, who's cared for me in sickness and in health, and who has mothered our children and made home a harbor in the storm of life. Yes, she's worth millions. Then I have a precious daughter, our first child, now the mistress of her own home, the mother of some of our grandchildren. And she's worth millions. Then there are three sons, two of them already in the ministry of Christ, and one preparing for service. Millionaire, I should say, a multimillionaire. And then there are my friends, many friends, kind, helpful, loving friends. They represent millions more. And I have a place in the work of God, as the good doctor says, the promise of a life which is to come, a home in that land where dreams come true, and above all, the privilege of seeing the face of the Lord Jesus who died for me upon the cross, has redeemed me from my sins, and who will come again to receive me unto himself. So you see, friends, I am a multimillionaire. And so are you, if you have the precious gifts of God. I think of Moses, the heir of the throne of Egypt. He might have been the possessor of millions of dollars in gold and jewels, but he forsook it all as seeing him who is invisible. Hebrews, the 11th chapter. Esteeming the reproach of Christ, greater riches than the treasure of Egypt, for he had respect unto the recompense of the reward. You see, it was his choice. It was not forced upon him. He chose poverty in this world as measured by man for the supreme riches which one begins to receive in this world and which are received completely and fully in the world to come. Certainly he made a wise choice. Pharaoh is dead and forgotten today, but Moses is alive, enjoying the life which is endless. And his name has come down through all generations as one of the greatest men of all history. Jesus told the story of a man who had the wrong idea about wealth. He prospered in this world's goods. He said, I'll pull down my barns, build greater. I'll say to my soul, soul, thou hast much goods laid up for many years. Take thine ease, eat, drink, and be merry. What did God say to this man who made his own enjoyment the supreme objective of life? God said, thou fool. He was the man God called a fool. This night thy soul shall be required of thee verse 20 of Luke 12. So, friend, why not take an inventory of yourself today? See how you stand in the bank of eternity. When upon life's billows you are tempest-tossed, 
when you're discouraged, thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one. It will surprise you what the Lord hath done. Do not complain about the little you have of the treasure which men call treasure, but think about the treasure you have which is real treasure, health, loved ones, the promises of God, and you may find that you are a millionaire, yes, a multimillionaire. On the other hand, if you do not have the love of God in your heart, if you do not have the promise of life eternal as your very own, no matter what you have in this life, no matter how you're rated at the bank, you may be the poorest of all men, poorer even than the widow whose entire earthly possessions amounted to only two mites which she gave to the Lord in the house of God. There are many people today who do not have health, yet they're still millionaires. Health is not the greatest blessing, it's only the next to the greatest. It's a blessing to many people, but to some it may actually be a curse if used in the wrong way and made the basis of disobedience to God. Ill health, though undesirable in itself, may be God's providence to bring us close to Him. Godliness with contentment is great gain, said the Apostle, 1 Timothy 6, verse 6. It should be a source of comfort to us all to know that though we may possess neither wealth nor health, we may yet be numbered among the millionaires, yes, the multimillionaires of this earth, with our permanent address on the street of the city whose builder and maker is God. gave my heart to Jesus the moment I opened the
There are three ways we can look. The backward look and the downward look. But how much better is the upward look, which reaches to heaven and helps us to go forward in faith? Now, here with a final word is H.M.S. Richards, a Seventh-day Adventist minister. Thank you, Orville Iverson. Radio friends, we have a special request for prayer from our headquarters today. From January 30 to February 9, our entire radio broadcasting group will be holding an evangelistic meeting at the White Memorial Church in Los Angeles, California. We ask that you all pray for this meeting. Pray for us. Pray for the people who will come, that God will give us a successful and blessed time together. And now we say to each and every one, have faith in God. His riches all divine. Have faith in God, all things to us assign. Have faith in God, and all the world is mine. Have faith, dear friend, in God. We invite you to be with us again next week at the same time for another broadcast brought to you by the Voice of Prophecy. And we say to each and every one, the Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace.